So this evening, I was having family dinner with Weddy and my mum, and uh, the most beautiful tiger, littlest tiger, all there eating some great chinese food. Now, Mercho was supposed to be, be there. He's also an amazing musician when he's not there, and he was burning all the way up to Newcastle for a rehearsal and burning all the way back. Now, normally that would be an absolute stitch-up for him, but he had a thermos with him. Do you know where I'm going with this, Oh, uh, no way. No, yeah, go. So you sent some minutes coffee his way, and he was thoroughly enjoying that. So he's been smashing it most mornings, and he and Weddy now live in the inner west in Marigold, so it's very coffee-centric. The most Melbourne suburb, probably, of Sydney, so they're fully up into it, and he was, he's was he been loving it. He, he made himself one just to take there for the drive there and the drive back to help him with the sleep, but also just to give him some love on the way there on the way back. So he's loving his Minus Coffee, mate. Lovely. Who isn't loving their Minus Coffee? And I'm glad he's got it. So have you got yours yet or what? Or are you, what are you doing with your, your beans? So I don't have a coffee machine, but I, my parents do, and I'm there quite a bit dropping off um, middle of the or spending the weekend down there. So I can't wait. My mum does two or three. She absolutely loves her coffee machine and doing them. So she's going to be really excited. I told her about Minus Coffee, showed her the website. She was super excited to try it. Um, and she'll be a regular customer as well when she gets her lips around it. Giving it away to the family, it reminds me of this old international rugby league saying, which I'm not sure if you've heard about. It's very similar to a, <laughs> to an, an NRL saying, which you will be familiar with. So the NRL saying is that uh, once a team lets 50 points in during regular season, they, don't, they can't win a grand final. <laughs> well, the, the international version is once your team lets in 60, you need to give some coffee away to a family member so that they forget I've that your that. team lost by 60 and they don't, they don't give you shit about it. Have you heard that one? I have, but I thought I thought you were going to do another classic, which was a minus for your mama is a minus forever. That's a bad no, that one. Didn't work. A minus <laughs> for your mama is a smile on your mama's. No, there's something in there. Give me a week. Give me a week. And we'll I'll we'll wait till next week because we've got. We'll have another minus coffee ad next week. But guys, I'm enjoying the coffee. My mum will have had it. Mercho's enjoying so the coffee. Good. We might get Big T's mum to to tell us if she's enjoyed the coffee yes. next week. And you I'll can record in- her. Definitely, yes. that's the ad. We've got yeah. it. We don't need to come up with a script like this. But if you <laughs> could enjoy the coffee, to minuscoffee.com.au. They support International Rugby League via their Brazil sponsorship, and the coffee's fucking incredible as well. So check it out. Bags start from ten bucks, and uh, depending on on two fifty grams, five hundred grams, or a kilo. So check it out. Minuscoffee.com.au. You will not be disappointed. Let's get onto the show, big man. You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places. Kangaroo Chasers. My lungs are back, so I could do lots of different things. <laughs> Welcome to Chasers, the latest iteration of Golden Points. This fortnightly segment will feature me, your host, Big T, digging up and digging down into some of the key issues of World Rugby League. I'm doing that with Michael Carboni. Now, Carbs is a Komatsu excavator of international football <laughs> news. Like the PC 8000-6, he is the largest in the Chasers mining excavator lineup as the digger has been designed to operate efficiently and productively across a wide, <laughs> a wide range of international rugby league news sites. Because of this, he is in the powerful position to unearth a range of growing rugby league affairs across the globe. Howdy. 
to all our returning chasers. It is great uh, to have you back amongst us, getting your hands dirty. And thanks to all those hard workers, the miners of the socials pushing the pod. You know I see you. You know who you are. Carb sees you. And to our rookie roos, the new shovelers on the hill, welcome. It's not normally this mining heavy, but there is always a theme to my interest. A word of advice, grab a pencil and parchment as the excavator, and I love to drop old episodes related to certain topics, which will give you some more detail uh, into whatever news we're talking about today. Um, now, finally, sitting patiently on the phone to me, with me is the master of chasing kangaroos media, Michael Carboni. <laughs> Big T. Uh, I don't know how you come up with this stuff, but I love it. I, you probably saw a Komatsu or, you know, excavator while you're driving home from work and thought, here's a whole segment. I'm going to, the whole intro is going to be about this sort of stuff. Uh, I love it. Uh, it's great. And you surprise me every time, mate. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And for a man who also has a son uh, who's, who's between the ages of two and three, I'm surprised that you aren't always looking at diggers in different shapes and forms. So I'm currently looking at one right now, which is, of course, in colours of the West Tigers. Now, we won't talk too much about the NRL, if you don't mind. That's fine. Um, Dragons but, were great. But how it, yeah. <laughs> um, can I just quickly ask, because I can't remember, have the, has anyone put the dra- 50 points in the Dragons yet? No, mate, we haven't had 50 points put on us yet, so technically we can still win the grand final. But um, Okay, well, let's let's get away from the NRL. Uh, family good? <laughs> Family's great, and my son does enjoy watching excavators at work and has a couple of digger toys himself, so I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> now, the biggest topics. Topic one, I would love to hear about Brazil versus the Philippines. I didn't get to go there, but... Start me off at the beginning of the day, leave out very few details until you got back in your car smiling, um, leaving you to go home. Mate, just an incredible day. The Magellan Cup, uh, Kensington Oval, Sydney, uh, one of the homes of the Coogee Dolphins, an absolute wonderful place to watch rugby league. And the Dolphins were a fantastic host. Uh, the Philippines were back after a two-year absence from international rugby league. Of course, Brazil played earlier this year. You and I got to watch them absolutely shellac Uruguay in Liverpool. Mm. Uh, it was a very different situation this time around. So the Philippines took it out 40 points to eight, but it was a very, very uh, I guess an abusive affair. The both teams were were were, shala- were smashing each other. The forwards were rough and strong, uh, but the Philippines way too good. Um, the fans were great. So that just the whole the whole vibe for this game was fantastic. So it was very different to the Liverpool game that we went to Big T earlier in the year. In that I felt like at Liverpool there was a lot of friends and family. There was a great Uruguayan vibe, South American vibe. But this yes. time around, you did have that vibe. The Brazilian vibe was there. You had the drummers the dancers, the singing, the dancing. You had um, you had the Filipino crowd there, lots of great Filipino food as well. Uh, you had Miss Philippines was there and you had the, a bloke singing the national anthem. It was sensational. But you also had a bunch of locals and international rugby league train spotters who, who showed up for this event. And it was just a great flavour, great international rugby league fa- flavour, fantastic vibe. The culture was there um, and just the fans were incredible. I enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed it more than the game earlier this year at Liverpool, it was just fantastic. And yeah, just a fantastic event. And I want to see more of it. So just a couple of things. You said rugby league transporters. So I'm assuming Phil Brown was there as the king of <laughs> rugby league transporters. So Phil, Phil, I want, I want yeah. you to tell me about the vlog in a moment. Yep. Could you Dolphins, quickly shout out to um, our boy, Albi Tarrico, who's the best name in rugby league. Yep. Uh, and the first shout-out, episode 117, that's <laughs> probably the earliest shout-out we've ever done. Back-to-back, only two episodes ago. But he was, Did you listen to last one week? of the bosses of Coogee, uh, yeah, well, Coogee Dolphins. Albie was uh, one of them. I got to meet him there for the first time. 
Um, oh. I, I've never met him in person, so I was actually with Phil. We're working our Chasing Roos table. Uh, sold plenty of Brazilian rugby league jerseys, plenty of Filipino jerseys, and much more. Got to meet dozens of Chasing Kangaroos fans, which was cool as well. They came down to watch the game, bought some kit. It was sensational to meet you guys. But uh, I heard Albie's voice from over my shoulder, and he said, where yes. is this Carboni character? And I turned around and said, <laughs> Albie Talarico. Hey, how are you, mate? Fantastic to meet him. But, of course, Mike Wood was there as well, the NRL outsider yes. who we'll hear from later today. Joanna Lester was there. Of course, Rob Bergen was there. I saw Patrick Skeen there and there was just all sorts of characters and new new faces that I met as well Dave Ray was there um, sensational sensational stuff so I, I really enjoyed meeting a lot of these people face to face for the first time um, but the biggest exciting thing and we haven't even talked about the footy on the field but I know probably the most exciting thing from for me was when Tasbia Terry showed up with his the coolest entourage ever of course We've seen him on the socials rocking up with the Cavite silk tails all over Sydney. Uh, so the silk tails rocked up. They s- sat on the sideline, watched the second half, and at the end of the game, they they pretty much stole the show. So they did their little, they sang mm. their prayer. Everyone got into it. Everyone got around it, and it was just a beautiful moment for international rugby league in Sydney. I, I loved it. I wish you were there, big man, because it would have made it a little more special. I think you would have got a real kick out of seeing the silk tails there serenading the Brazilians and the Filipinos. I would have loved it. It sounds amazing. Uh, I love. I would have loved to have met Dave Ray as well because I've seen Davey Ray so much on, on the Tweet Machine and, and on different podcasts. That would have been great. But also, I love the idea of just all, all those people you rattled off are just like the who's who of of train spotting rugby league-ness. Like it's people who are working hard behind the scenes to make the growth of rugby league happen, and, and they're all in one spot. Because uh, Patrick Skeen as well, what a, such a fantastic bloke. Um, oh, he had it. We had a him for an episode as well, I think. You did. Let me try and find that. Yeah, let's find that. Yeah. While you're looking for that, mate, I've probably missed a few people as well. I met some great guys uh, who played rugby league in Ireland and now played for the Coogee Dolphins, for example. Uh, of course, all the Brazilian boys were there, the Minas Coffee boys were there. But while you're looking for that episode, mate, as well, talking a little bit about the games, Tyron Tutel uh, from the Philippines, he scored two tries in a three-minute period in the second half. He was sensational. Uh, one of the others that stood out was Paul Sheedy. So he was an ex-Melbourne Storm player as well and became mm. the oldest player in International Rugby League history to score a try. So I think he's 40 years old. So there's still hope for us, Big T. Oh, no, and of, of course, for the for Brazil, uh, Pedro Guz, he scored two length for the, of the field tries, not one, but two. He played 5-8, had a sensational game. He scored the only points for Brazil, in fact. So Brazil, I think, you know, the scoreline didn't do them any favours, should have been much closer. But Philippines were the favourites from the beginning and they were just so strong. And um, But I think Brazil can get better and better. So just an exciting, exciting one all around for International Rugby League in Sydney. And Patrick Skeen, I love Patrick Skeen. We did an episode with him, episode 73, Rise of the Kiwis, where he was telling us all about um, his fantastic book. And also I um, loved that, that Brazilian halves combination last time when I went and saw them um, yeah. play that, that time. That, that, he, he was one of the guys that he and the lock, I remember coming away from there going, Chasing Kangaroos Media ever and ends up buying players and signing them to things. It's, we've got to start with those two because they were fantastic. So great to see that they're doing such a great job still, uh, even when their team's not playing too well. But do you know much about the Magellan Cup? That was the first thing you brought up. Do we know much about that or are we going to get someone back on the show to tell us more about it? We might have to. I must admit, mate, I haven't done my research on that, why it's called that, but let's look into that. I might ask Rob Bergen and uh, Rob, if you're listening, 
shoot me a DM and we'll mention it next episode. Uh, but yeah, that episode with Patrick Skeen, mate, I remember at the time that you recorded it, I told you it was probably the best interview you've ever recorded. You've recorded some crackers since then, so I don't know if that's still the case, but definitely go back, have a listen and check it out for yourself, episode 73. And I guess I'll close this topic by saying um, International Rugby League in Sydney, there's just something beautiful about it. Of course, we love seeing International Rugby League all over the world, but occasionally when the Heritage guys get together, and for the Philippines, it was very much a Heritage team, of course. For Brazil, most of the boys were born in Brazil, and it's very important to highlight that. Uh, but if you want more International Rugby League in Sydney, June 26 uh, at Belmore Stadium, we're going to see uh, Malta versus Lebanon in the men's, and we're going to see Malta, Lebanon, and Fiji in the women's. They're going to play 40-minute halves in sort of like a little tri-series against each other as well so june 26 belmore stadium i unfortunately won't be there but the train spotters phil brown uh the nrl outsider they'll all be there as well so go check that out and if you didn't get a taste of brazil versus philippines in kuji then make sure you head out to belmore stadium june 26 june 26 is that really soon it is i think it's a week away <laughs> yeah okay because i think that's the same weekend that we've got all those amazing internationals happening all over the place like uh, women's state of origin, uh, men's state of origin, and, and a couple of other games like that. So that's a great weekend of NRL-less um, football. You've got to get to Belmore. I know, yeah, the women's game is on the 25th of June, um, and I'm so looking forward to that women's state of origin game, particularly because we've seen the NRLW start to expand uh, recently, which, in fact, is topic two. The NRL Telstra Women's Premiership will expand to six teams in 2021. Now, I just want to pause because some people are going to want to think that we screwed that kind of stuff, but <laughs> that was just pure tea that was fantastic uh, guiding tea. us through. I'm glad you so gave yourself the rap, so I didn't have to. Oh, That's yeah, fantastic. well, just because you're giggling, you're giggling there, and I didn't want people to think, oh, this is them laughing at themselves, but that's no, just Cubs laughing at me steering. Um, so now we have the, the Dragons, the Roosters, and Broncos. They're going to be joined by the Gold Coast Titans, the Newcastle Knights, and the Parramatta Eels. More teams equals more football, which is obviously super exciting. Um, It'll start alongside round 23 of the men's comp with each team playing each other. And then there's a top four go on to a semifinal. So none of this kind of stuff's happened before. So this means we go to a seven game from seven games to 18 in the season. It's, it's you know, almost three times as much. Um, and that also means that we increase from four weeks of, of women's top grade to seven weeks. Now, if that wasn't exciting enough, Cubs, there is an objective of expanding it to eight teams by mm -hmm. 2022. So anyone here, which is a lot of people here who love the growth of rugby league, you're seeing it, you know, on fire here in the NRLW. So one of those teams is earmarked to be the Warriors returning. They obviously had a, a real challenge um, during COVID and this year they just needed to pause and the NRL is committed to trying to get them back now. What, first of all, what are your thoughts generally about that? And then also I want you to eventually get to who do you think could be the eighth uh, team? Yeah, beautiful. Well, generally fantastic. We always say it here. We talk about expansion rugby league. The area around the world, anywhere where rugby league has expanded the most is the women's game. The NRLW yep. is no exception. I wasn't expecting this 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 season. We were all expecting the, the regular four teams. But I guess when the Warriors had to pull out, things are difficult. So it's a shame they can't be there. But we all understand why. Once that happened, the NRL had to add. And I think adding three teams to the mix was the best possible thing that they could have done. Extra games, of course, means extra extra wages for the players, extra yes. revenue through sponsorship. We have more of a chance of more women having a profession in our sport. It's fantastic to see. We want to see it growing and growing. Now, the clubs that were selected 
I think were great as well, Big T. I want to get your opinion on this as well, but Gold Coast, fantastic. We needed a second Queensland team, I think, because of the strength of rugby league in Queensland. Um, mm. It could have gone to the Cowboys as well, but Gold Coast, there's a great rivalry there with the Broncos, their neighbours, so in terms of travel, it's going to be fantastic. Um, Newcastle, fantastic. I mean, it's probably the biggest satellite city of rugby league supporters uh, that you will find anywhere in Australia. So Newcastle makes so much sense and it, I guess, links that Sydney to Brisbane sort of track as well. So loving seeing Newcastle there. That'll be a strong club. The other one's Parramatta. Now, this one could have gone a number of ways because I think it's important, you know, we've got the Roosters and the Dragons, so we've got the East and the South covered when it comes to Sydney Rugby League clubs for the NRLW. I think the West was obviously the next um, the next dot on the map which needed to be covered. It could have gone to your Tigers, mate, I believe. They could have been strong runners for this one as well. But Parramatta have so much going for them as well. I think the biggest surprise for me was, I mean, I wouldn't have been shocked to see um, a, a, a new Western club come into the NRLW which had the support from the the Panthers, the Eels, the Tigers and the Bulldogs, just sort of like a bit of a merger per se, just because I think we're never going to get to a point or I hope we never get to a point in the NRLW where we're flooded with Sydney teams. So I kind of feel like this is the one Western Sydney club. And I might be wrong, you know, the, your Tigers could be there soon, mate, because they're definitely strong in Tasha Gale. But I, I want to know your thoughts on that because I think it's an interesting point and I'm sure there'd be plenty of opinions elsewhere on, on how this league continues to grow as well. Well, first of all, I, I like you, as a 600 it happened. So I'd much rather them put Parramatta there than, than, no, than no team. My issue, and I've, and I've, I've documented a lot of this already on Twitter, if anyone cares, that David Hunter, a fantastic rugby league transporter himself, and I had a really fantastic debate over um, – whether or not West uh, West Tigers should be the next team that gets a women's team, or if it should be Parramatta. Now, I, I stipulated to him that Parramatta has not only not been in women's football as long as the West Tigers, but has also never really been successful. Whereas the West Tigers have been really quite successful yeah. in all levels, and, and that includes all the way down to sixes um, in Bowmain and in the western suburbs, and then trickling up into Tasha Gale and into the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership. Um, and, and outside of that, not just on the field, but also in terms of coaching development, in terms of social media, um, they've been really big on promoting it. Now, I, I'm also susceptible to seeing a lot more of it because of my Tiger bias, so I completely yep. accept all that. I, I did try and, and do the same for all, all those other teams um, and just never really got that vibe from Parramatta, so... I think from a marketing perspective, it makes a lot of sense. From that area, Bank West and all that thing makes a lot of sense. I think they'll have a huge fan base immediately, which is great. Um, and so I'm happy for it to happen. I, the, the Tigers still, after speaking to me, like I spoke, I try and speak to them in, in the DMs quite a bit. They, they're still hopeful that they'll get the next one. Yep. But I, like you, Cubs, am cautious of how many Sydney teams we get. We've said before that we'd love to see one in Adelaide or, or somewhere like that where we start to use the women's game, which is the fastest growing and most incredible brand that we've got at the moment. Um, well, we use that to, yeah. to start expanding geographically. Because if anyone's watching the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership with me, the, the Central Coast Roosters, who only started, I think, 2020 or 2019, really, really early, yeah. are absolutely smashing it. They're incredible. So that's a team where they've gone to the Central Coast. They're still using the Roosters' moniker and money and, and coaching experience and staff and things like that, but they're expanding into the Central Coast because there's heaps of footballers up there yeah. that do a great job. But also the Helensburg Tigers, another fantastic team. They only started this year. They're coming fourth. 
Um, again, they're using that, that Catherine you were talking about with the dragons, that whole amazing part of um, Wollongong, um, which has a, an absolute amazing amount of female talent happening down there in Helensburg Tiger, credit to that. And Glebe Pretty Reds aren't doing very well at the moment. They've started this year as well. But they're an inner west thing. They're an old foundation club from like 1908. Um, and that club's regenerated about four years ago with the help of, of some other local um, Balmain district teams. But in no time at all, they developed a tag team. In no time at all, they developed a women's team. And so you can just see there's so many parts of this rugby league community, even the old ones that are trying to become new again, yeah. are seeing that there's a huge amount of worth in that in that women's side of the game because they're such fantastic players of it. it you know, it, it kind of sounds silly now talking about it that it wasn't happening already yeah. because obviously there's so much talent um, in that half of the entire half of our population. And so it's just great to see that, it, that it's happening at all. Well, it's important that we spread it around because, yeah, we want the competition to be strong. Like with four clubs, it's been very competitive. I think it can be competitive with six. When we get to eight, we need to make sure that it's evenly spread around. So we've got we've got the Warriors coming back, which is fantastic. There's a whole heap of talent to come back. Let's talk about – well, actually, before we do talk about that, I will say I do agree with you, Ree, the Tigers. If you, are, if you told me a week ago there's going to be a team for Western Sydney in the NRLW, I would have guessed the Tigers. But – what it proves to me is how much power our good friend Mary Kay has when it comes yeah. to NRLW expansion because <laughs> she wanted the Parramatta Eagles there and she got the Parramatta Eagles there. So well done, Mary. Uh, and, and really, uh, she's done more work for women's anyone. rugby league than, than <laughs> anybody I know combined. So, That's right. No, I agree. So The only other thing yeah. I will say about uh, the joint team that you brought up, yeah. where four teams combined into one, that would be a real challenge for, for teams like the Roosters or the Dragons where they are being directly supported by yeah, good point. a rugby league club that's already started. And that's going to be our biggest problem moving forward. If we do have the, the Lady Rams, the Ramettes, or the the Perth um, Redettes, you know, they're going to be propped up by an entire state maybe. Maybe their entire rugby league, you know, SARL has to support them or WARL has to support them because anyone in Queensland or New South Wales is going to have to be supported by a single club and yeah. those clubs are probably going to have to already exist or be already maybe in the Harvey Women's Premiership where it's like Cabramatta or um, yeah. Yeah, or the Central Coast Roosters or someone like that. or Even the Bears, you know, anyway. I'm glad you if mentioned you're that. You're going to need a club that's already backed up. I'm glad you mentioned the Bears because I'm going to mention them soon too because, like, we're going to move let's, – let's get a step ahead of ourselves like we always do on this show. We get way too excited yeah. and talk about expansion and what it could be. We're assuming there's going to be eight clubs in 2022. We're assuming one of those is going to be the Warriors. That leaves one more spot. And really, I can think of about five or six clubs – or teams that I'd like to see there. You've already sort of highlighted a few of them. Um, should we go through? I want. I kind of let me go through a couple, and I want to know what you think as well, Big T, because I can't really make up my mind. All right. So for me, I'm thinking I want to see expansion. Everyone knows that, right? On one hand, and to me, that sounds like Melbourne Storm or a team from Perth or Adelaide, as oh, you said, right? Melbourne Storm. Melbourne. Yeah. Well, Melbourne. I keep forgetting about Melbourne. That's the thing. When we talk expansion, we're used to mentioning Perth and Adelaide. Uh, we don't. We forget that when it comes to NRLW, there's no Melbourne Storm, and I think yeah. that makes logical sense. They already exist. We're going to get that whole Eastern Seaboard pretty much um, uh, without North Queensland, obviously, but we're almost there. I just think from a from a commercial perspective, we you know you want to get that footprint as wide as you can, and Melbourne or Perth does that. Melbourne has the edge, in my opinion. So that's one point that I want to mention. The other ones are areas that are 
for expansion that are well established with rugby league talent. So one would be North Queensland Cowboys or Cowgirls, whatever you want to call them. And the other one's PNG. So having a PNG Hunters side, mm. um, I think would make sense. Logistically, it would be very difficult, but there's certainly talent there. We saw that at the last World Cup and we're going to see it at the next World Cup as well. But my, my big smoky, and I'm not sure how likely this is, but and, and people are going to hate me saying this because you know I'm the true expansionist and I want teams from Perth and Papua New Guinea and all that sort of thing. But I look at the Sydney clubs and I think to myself, team in the east, team in the south, team in the west, team in the north, and that's it. And I want to see the North Sydney Bears there. Yeah, okay. I, I, I'm picking up what we put down there because um, I'm an old North Sydney Bears fan from the day, but I would have agreed with you wholeheartedly until you said Melbourne. And now I really want... Melbourne, because they've got a competition happening there already. Yeah, um, yeah. With the Wirribee Bears, the Tarangarina Rabbitohs, the the Steelers, and the Altona Roosters. And the Altona Roosters are my um, club of choice in Victoria. So, um, no, I'm all about Melbourne. And then, and then after that, you, we can have North Sydney. I mean, the great thing about North Sydney is that everyone like, there's still a huge proportion. If you go back and listen to episode 82, Becoming Bears, with Jason Taylor that we did. Um, they talk there about how it still has a huge following that hasn't disappeared. They're just waiting patiently. And, and they still get a lot of people at Bear Park. They get a lot of people, a huge following still on social media. So I, I think the the NRLW is a great vehicle for, for all of that historical and new world um, fan to come together and embrace into, a, into NRLW and the Bears after they do Melbourne. There's so many options. Bears, I mean, Bears would be nice to see them in a top flight of some sort again. Yeah. But but I can't help but agree with you. If I'm putting money down, Melbourne is where I'm putting my money for Team 8. Now, the only thing I don't like about Melbourne is um, the weather, and the only thing I don't like about England is <laughs> the weather. Cracker. So I'd love to move to Topic 3, which is a peak uh, at the English. So they're just about to do, I'm sure you've seen this, they're just about yep. to do three games. Uh, the England men, women's and wheelchair teams um, will each step up their preparations for the World Cup. This obviously happened this year, which we're super excited about, in a groundbreaking triple bill. I'm happening really soon. It might be that same weekend that we were just talking about, that incredible weekend, June the 25th. Um, those games are happening. So this, this weekend... Um, has set of origin women, set of origin men's. It's got your game with Malta. It's got this English triple header with wheelchairs, women's and men's. Now, the thing I love most about this is just um, wheelchair rugby league wasn't just part of the norm four years ago, five years ago, three years ago. Yeah. You know, if I'm honest, that wasn't just a normal part of our lexicon. This World Cup has done a phenomenal job of saying, here is rugby league done these by these three groups of people, by wheelchair women and, and men's. It's all on the same level, pegging field. Here's what we're doing. Enjoy it because all of it is great football. And since they've just kind of normalised that, I feel like it has had a huge impact, at least on me, but it feels like just generally in the media and, and how a lot of fans or, or the local, or the, sorry, the international rugby community are seeing football. It just seems like wheelchair is super, a super normal part of it, like women's and, and men's. And so it's fantastic to see these fixtures lighting up. Definitely. Um, look, the World Cup is all about ex- uh, inclusivity and the wheelchair tournament is a ma- plays a major role in that. We're hearing more about the wheelchair leagues here in Australia as well because of it. I remember speaking to James Simpson on the International Rugby League podcast, who of course is uh, part of the English side, the, uh, the 
who who will probably be favourites for the wheelchair World Cup this year, and he'll be playing this weekend, obviously as well against Wales. But he said they were touring Australia at the time, and he said we really want Australia to take wheelchair rugby league seriously because it's really important right. for us. And um, we're starting to see that as well. Of course, the Dragons are I think five times championship in the uh, champions in the wheelchair rugby league competition over here. So of course I love that. But um, this triple header in England, look, you're right. We got a smorgasbord of rugby league this weekend at at rep level. Unfortunately, no Pacific Test, which, which I would have loved to see. That's the one thing missing. But these three yeah. games are incredible. So from a wheelchair perspective, England versus Wales, that's like a top four like a top tier, they're, they're both top tier nations in wheelchair rugby league. So in wheelchair, you've got Wales, France, England, and I think Australia and New Zealand are there. I'm not too sure, but they're definitely top tier nations. Wales have just won the Celtic Cup against Ireland and Scotland about a week ago. Absolutely shellacked all of them. And um, they will be great competition for England. And both of these teams would be aiming for a grand final at the World Cup. So that's going to be a great, great matchup. Uh, England versus Wales, in the women's, fantastic as well. The, the English women haven't had a hit out since their tour of Australia and PNG or New Zealand and PNG. Sorry, as Great Britain, I should say. Um, but most of the most of the girls there, it's probably the first major game for what the Wales women as well. So it'd be good to see what they're made of, and of course, a good good trial for the World Cup for both sides. Then you got the men's match. And look, in a perfect world down the line, I'd love to see this being England versus Wales in the men's as well, or England versus France or something like that. Yeah. But of course, we're getting the combined nation all-stars, which as much as as much as an international rugby league train spotter like me, like me absolutely hates that, I do understand that it's probably the best, um, the best competition that England are going to get right now in the lead-up to their home World Cup, which is really important. But, look, definitely three. I'm, I'm still going to watch it. I'm still going to follow it, um, even if I would prefer that their competition was, was someone else. Yeah, and, look, I guess they're also trying to, do some kind of marketing thing, maybe. Look, um, episode 109, Dragon of Wheelchair Rugby League, saw us talking to Steve Jones, who's, who's the head coach of that Welsh um, wheelchair uh, team, and, and just talking to him about it and, and just him pointing out that it's a way for you to play with anyone. So even if you're able-bodied, you can get into a wheelchair and play now with your mates who, who can't normally. And so I just love that idea of it. And ever since then, maybe that's part of the reason why people are really starting to come around to it, that just, you, as you said, the inclusivity that rugby league has that that it presume that suddenly look like no other sport really does as much um, as we do in this space. So uh, yeah, just fantastic, and I can't wait to see it happen. I can't wait for uh, that week this weekend. I can't wait for the World Cup. There's so Definitely, many man. things that are making me super excited, mate. So good. Three things making me excited about that England versus All Stars game. Two of them that make me excited, and one of them that I think will make you excited. Big T. So the first one is George, George Williams named in the English side. So. He, of course, doesn't have a club at the moment, but he's going to be over there playing, which I think is fantastic. So that's number one. Number two is Mikolasz Oldeski, who's uh, the Polish-born Leeds Rhino player. He'll become the first Polish-born rugby league player to play a game at international level, if you want to call this international level. I mean, they're playing an all-stars team, but England is an international side. So that's huge for me as well. And, and he's made his way up through the England Knights so he's really graduated to the top and he should get some good game time during the World Cup as well. So I'm excited to see more from him. And of course, the third thing, T, that I think you're going to be excited about is seeing your boy, T-Machines, the coach of this All-Stars side. He'll be back with the Tigers next year, which I know you're pumped about. He's picked Jackson Hastings in the side, who despite 
you know, be, um, being eligible for England. He's in the All-Stars side. And I think Tim just wants to hang out with him before he brings him across to the Tigers uh, together. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I'm sure you're happy to see them, those two guys working together before they join your Tigers in 2022. Well, essentially it's the English West Tigers versus England. And so I'm all about, <laughs> I'm all about the West. Uh, I'm all about this combined nations. Now I didn't actually know, Tim Shanes is going to coach this combined nations. I did see that we signed him as going to be part of the uh, the West Tigers soon. So excited to see what he can do with that. I, I'd expect now probably those um, combined nations to win 13 plus uh, with Tim Shanes as coach and they'll win whatever kind of premiership uh, nice, mate. cup that's on that, on that thing. Now I think that, that's me done. So we've got to send it over to someone who's a little bit outside the box, who's not um, – I'm pretty inside the NRL sphere. You're a little bit outside the NRL sphere, and then we have this massive outsider. So let's go to his golden points. Bienvenue à Point d'Or avec moi, Mike Miho Wood, l'étranger du NRL. For those of you not au fait with Francais, that is welcome to Golden Points with me, Mike Miho Wood, the NRL outsider. Now, as the intro might suggest – it's France that we're off to first because they've just had their grand final. Lesignon downed Carcassonne by 16 to 12 to pick up the Elite 1 title with some superstar talent on display. Ireland international and celebrity vegan Anthony Mullally was getting his teeth into the meat, maybe the tofu, of the Lesignon defence with Tonga's Sam Moa on the opposing side for Carcassonne. Eventually, with experienced stars like Remy Maginet, Cyril Stacoul, Anthony Maria, and Lucas Albert in the side, Les Sanglier came out on top. A victory for the Boers. That's what Sangliers means, if you don't speak French. That certainly wasn't boring, with fans around the world tuning in to watch via the internet. What a world we live in, where you can watch Elite One in the middle of the night in Australia. You might wonder what Boers have to do with Rugby League. It's never really taken off in South Africa, now you mention it. But they seem to but they seem more likely to get involved in plenty of animals, like squirrels, perhaps. Not in the Czech Republic, where Vashlabi Mad Squirrels faced off against RLC Dragons Krupka in the first game of the Czech domestic season. And as you might imagine from a contest between dragons and squirrels, it was the fire breathing beasts that came out on top with Krupka taking the nuts 36 to zip. A dragons team that wins football matches. Cabs can only dream. RLC Krupka weren't the only Dragons having a great time this weekend. Wales have retained the Celtic Cup of Wheelchair Rugby League by defeating Scotland and Ireland, rolling their way to their fifth consecutive Celtic Cup title. The Welsh were warming up for the 2021 Wheelchair World Cup, where they have set the goal of reaching the semi-finals. They put 96 points on the Irish and then over 100 on Scotland. The biggest set of Celtic beatings since my brother got a baron for Christmas. Well, this is the NRL Outsider, so you can get more Irish music jokes two weeks in a row. That concludes our whistle-stop tour of the world of rugby league. All that's left is for me to say merci for listening. Swevemire on Twitter, that's at Mike Mehowood, or hashtag NRL Outsider, and a bientôt. Au revoir. Well, the beauty of uh, of editing here, Mercho, so you and I this week, we haven't heard the golden points from from Mike, the NRL outsider, uh, because he's waiting for the Elite One Grand Final um, to, to take place so he can use that as one of his golden points. So I'm looking forward to it. By the time this is released, we'll know who the winner is. We'll listen to Mike's golden points for the first time. And, uh, yeah, go Carcassonne. Well, Carboni, like the greatest 
uh, shovel that we could find. You have <laughs> done an excellent job of unsoiling the uh, news around the world. Particularly loved our lady chat. The wheelchair chat was great. Now, I'll start us off again and we'll end up going for 20 minutes. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, and we'll talk to you. We'll chase with you next fortnight. Chasers is a podcast by Chasing Kangaroos Media. The show is sponsored by Minus Coffee. We are mixed and recorded by Paul Murchison. Our theme music is written and recorded by Ash Barco and Ricky Cancino. We are hosted by me, The Biggest Tiger, and Michael Carboni. Views are our own. <laughs>